Hi, Jim here. Thanks for listening to this past episode of the Ski Podcast. Since releasing this podcast, we have a new supporter of the show. The Ski Podcast is now supported by Switzerland Tourism. They will be helping us explore some of the 355 ski destinations across the country, from famous names of Samaritz, Lax, Davos and Zermatt, to the lesser-known resorts that cover their mountainous land. We will be reporting on them and telling interesting stories about the people who live and work there. In total, there are 7,067 kilometres of slopes to ski and 1,800 lifts to ride and at least 80 of them are funiculars, which is good because I do love a good funicular. Well, there's a lot to do, so while we get on with that, you can get on with listening to this episode of the Ski Podcast. Thanks, listener, and thanks, Switzerland Tourism. Also, as you're listening to one of our early podcasts, may I suggest you skip to at least episode 12, where I guarantee it gets much better. Hello and welcome to Knowledge is Powder, the ski and snowboard podcast. This is episode three. I'm Jim Duncoom and I'm joined by Ian Martin, our co-host, and this week our roving reporter. Um, this, is, uh, this is our ski show special. In this episode, we will hear from people at the ski show, including Emily Sarsfield and Ed Lee from Ski Sunday, and find out what they think. We'll also get some inventors to pitch their new ski product, and Ian has been chatting to Graham Bell. Um, Ian, have you been seen since we last spoke? Have I been skiing? No, sadly, no skiing yet. I did go to the ski show. I watched some people ice skating, but uh, there was no... I watched a few people fly off the big air there, or the... Batsy, Mount Batsy, of the, as they uh, term it, but no skiing yet. No, me neither. It's um, a bit disappointing, both over 200 days since we've skied, which is over half a year now, so that's a bit sad, <laughs> isn't it? Um, first, uh, let's do the news. So there have been um, numerous reports of fake ski chalets being sold online, either through fake websites. Um, One has even been listed on the Belgian Airbnb. These are chalets that exist and belong to tour operators, but are being resold fraudulently. Um, The advice is essentially make sure you check that you're booking a holiday through a reputable source um, or pay on your credit card. Um, Ian, have you heard about this? Yeah, I saw that uh, story, I think, on We Love to Ski. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a concern, but anyone who knows how Airbnb works, for example, knows that, um, you know, you don't pay money direct to any bank account uh, outside of, of the Airbnb environment. So really, if someone gives you your bank details and says, send me some money, you've got to be suspicious that they're related to Nigerian royalty, haven't you? <laughs> That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um... Uh, some of the news I spotted, well, you brought it up to me, um, following on from last week's train oh, chat. Yes. Um, I'm actually quite excited about this. Ben's Bus, um, a popular transfer shuttle service from in the Alps that takes you from the airport to your resort, has just launched a cross-Paris shuttle service, um, which is great because normally you catch the train and you end up in the Gare de Nord and you have to catch either a taxi or um, some underground stuff, which is very difficult with skis and boots and things like that, um, to the Garda Leon, where you can catch your connecting train. So Ben's Bus has decided to put on a service where you can get off at the Garda or they'll pick you up and take you straight to the Garda Leon. And I think this is a fantastic idea. Yep, I agree with you there. I think one of the reasons why people maybe don't take the train is because they're a little uncertain about how they're going to get across 
Paris with all of their skis and all of their luggage, and this takes that uncertainty out of it. It is a massive hassle, and I seem to remember when I asked Tom I did it that their barriers are even smaller than the <laughs> tube in London, so it's really difficult to right. get big bags through. Um, there was also great news from the charity for the charity ski camp at this year's ski show. Um, I've got a clip here. Ian caught up with Dan from Dan Charlish from Snow Camp. Okay, so it's Dan Charlish from Snow Camp. And uh, what do you think of the ski show this year? Obviously, pretty significant for you and for the organisation. Well, the show's looking fantastic. But yes, you're right. We just kicked off our ski show with a, a donation of £125,000 from our partner Ski Safari. So yeah. I don't think I've ever started a ski show quite like that before, Ian. Yeah, so you can just, uh, just uh, pack up now. and yeah, we're done. <laughs> Packing the stand We've done up. everything. No, I mean, it's just been amazing. We've already seen loads of supporters, loads of partners. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of the patrons are here, but loads of young people working all over the show. Yeah. It's always great for us. We love yeah. being here. You meet so many people that support what we do. You meet loads of members of the public. How many, how many years of uh, snow camping going now then? Uh, we'll be 15 next summer. 15. Yeah. Uh, that's such a long time. Yeah. And you started it yourself, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I founded the charity in 2003. Yeah. So you've been to the show before, because I think in the early years you had a couple of challenges, didn't you? <laughs> well, we've been to the show every year since yeah. 2003, and it's been a phenomenal resource for us to meet people, yeah. both the public and the industry. But yes, no, I mean... But in the in the first year or so... Uh... I know what you're getting at. So the story is that I was kicked out. I was officially kicked out of the ski show in 2003 by Mr Damien Norman, um, because it was the first time we'd, uh, we'd come here to try and find partners for Snowcamp. I had a sort of word processed um, leaflet about the charity that hadn't yep. actually done anything at that point. And I was going around trying to tell people about it. And yeah, well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I got told off for handing out flyers at the show. You know, it's a, well, it's a rite of passage. I, You've got to go through that. I think you're right, Ian. It is, a, it is a rite of passage. I've not personally been kicked out of the ski show, but uh, I know a few people who have. Um, Ian, who is was it? Um, who's the company that's given them it's, so much uh, money? Ski Safari. Uh, they are a British tour operator. Had a very good show. Actually, won uh, an award uh, in the Ski Club of Great Britain uh, survey, the highest uh, kind of a NPS score, which is basically how often or how highly their customers recommend them. But they're based in Hove. I mean, they're literally, I would guess, less than a mile from where Snow Camp are based. So they're local, but they've already given them £50,000 a few years ago. So to give them £125,000 donation now, it's extremely uh, generous. And um, I don't know if you know about Snow Camp, but basically they run a number of programmes to help people from um, underprivileged or inner city uh, backgrounds go skiing. And uh, you might have noticed on Ski Sunday last season, some of those have actually gone on and done ski instructor qualifications uh, out with the Warren Smith Academy in Verbier and Verbier are now instructors. I think it is a wonderful charity. I've um, I have supported it in the past through um, my time. I've gone and spoken to um, Snow Camp um, alumni, as it were, to go and talk to them about working in the ski industry in the past. And um, when I was working for that uh, company called Natives yeah. that you know about, um, we had them on our ski stall um, on the stand um, at the show as Dan was talking about. So I think it's a really good, positive thing that people can do. And um, what else is in the news? Oh, well, I did seen? notice, I think in our um, previous episode, we mentioned uh, about the Winter Olympics are obviously coming up in Pyeongchang in South Korea. And that's worryingly uh, close to North Korea, which um, Donald Trump has threatened to totally destroy, in his own words. 
And I noticed that uh, the BOA have actually drawn up plans, just uh, a contingency plans if they happen to uh, need to evacuate the team at short notice, then uh, they have those plans in place. Now, it's not that likely, but there's probably not many uh, Winter Olympics or Summer Olympic Games where you do need to have this contingency in place for evacuating the whole team. So uh, let's hope, as we said before, that um, that Trump remembers which one's Pyongyang and which one's Pyeongchang. <laughs> and that was the news. If you um, spot anything in the news that you think we should be talking about on the podcast, please get in touch. You can tweet us on at the ski podcast or email us on the ski, pa- uh, ski podcast at gmail.com. I don't know why I always have a trouble saying that email address. Um, and now the ski show. Ian, you went to the show. Um, how was it? And more importantly, did I miss out? Um, yeah, I mean, you probably missed out because, um, you know, I thoroughly enjoy the ski show. I've obviously been working in the ski industry for a long time. So, you know, for me, it's an opportunity to to catch up with a lot of people as well as to see, you know, what's new uh, within the industry. But we talked uh, last time about how the, the show itself is actually great for kids. And I was there on the Thursday and also the Friday. And on the Friday, my uh, my family came along. I've got two uh, 10-year-old twins and... Uh, yeah, they had a brilliant time. We didn't we didn't have an I think they got there about midday and we left at four and that was nowhere near enough time to to do everything that was, uh, you know, on offer as far as far as they were concerned. So, yeah, you know, you, you missed out. It's uh, it's good fun and always worth going to. Um, I just want to check with you what um, as people who've stood on stands and tried yep. to get people to enter competitions or give us their email addresses, um, what was your tactics for avoiding um, entering competitions at well, the Well, you know, I do. I did enter a, a few uh, competitions at the show, although sometimes I think they might not, you know, if they pulled my name out, they might not um, you know, give the prize to me. But I, it turns out that I did win a prize on the France Montagne stand, which is really annoying. Uh, and I'd already gone home, so they redrew it, and it went to someone else. I could have won an autographed rugby ball from uh, the the guys organising the Tournoi de Cistation, which I think will fit in with one of the interviews later. And um, yeah, gutted. I found out the next day I'd missed out. That is really sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sad for you, Ian. Um, so as Ian just said, um, we sent him, he sent him, he went by his own accord, we didn't make him go, um, to the ski show and he's been talking to a few people, um, while he was there about what they thought about and getting a bit more information from them. Um, first up Ian, you spoke to Chris Moran from Intersports and let's, uh, hear what he had to say. Okay, so I've got, uh, Chris Moran from, uh, Intersport, uh, ski rental here. Uh, Chris, what do you think of the show this year? Uh, well, I, don't, I think it's massively improved since it moved back to, well, not back to Battersea, but I think to Battersea. Yeah, here, yeah. Second year, third uh, third year. maybe, yeah. Third year. Uh, it, it definitely feels like it's the right size. Yeah. How many people come to the show? Do you know? About 10,000 people here? Sounds about right, yeah. 
and, and in, it used because I remember the years where it used to be in those huge halls like yeah. uh, Earl's Court and uh, yeah. Olympia and they were too big and yeah. too impersonal and it just felt like it was this weird kind of shopping experience whereas now it seems to be it's a bit of a journey yeah. you get to see a lot of people it's good man I like it it feels good yeah cool well my kids are coming tomorrow hopefully uh, you know, is the, the, the penguins today? Uh, on the ice rink or real penguins well, they, they have real penguins here yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any real penguins this year just the little ones you can push around on the ice rink is having real penguins considered not that cool in the grand is it like a look when we look back on this and say that's almost racist is the wrong word but is it like penguinist <laughs> is it like that's Got not it. a good Peng thing penguins are out David Hasselhoff is in apparently yeah Hasselhoff's in it yeah I kind of I'm a little bit good that the penguins are there yeah well maybe next year he was right, though. I remember the Penguins. Um, I think that was um, the last year when they were in Yeah, Earl's I agree with you there. They had real live Penguins. This time they just had those little ones that smaller children could push around the ice rink. But I don't really know if Chris is onto anything there about um, the ski show being Penguinist. Um, yeah, possibly. Um, no, I think they're probably very uh, pro-Penguin. Yeah, I think they'd be pro-Penguin, uh, but, um, but no, there were no Penguins. Maybe, maybe we'll, re we'll reach out to Damien and find out, shall we? Um, penguins aside, was the Hof good value? Hof, you know, I found that Hof thing just fascinating. There were queues of people um, waiting to uh, to have a selfie taken with him, including, you know, kids who couldn't possibly know who he is unless there's been some kind of revival of, of Knight Rider or Baywatch on, on Netflix. You know, they were. I saw one kid who looked like he was ten. He seemed very happy. I think maybe they just thought, you know, here's a tanned, um, extremely tanned man with very stretched skin on his face. Um, he's probably a celebrity. I should have my photo taken with him. Or was um, their mums in the wings going, go and stand up there and get your photo taken with him? Yeah, possibly. Me. I mean, he was he's a big a big draw. Which um, so you know, we were cynical about the Hoff, but he. He turned out to be certainly pulling people, you know, through the doors. Well, the question is really, though, will we be looking back in uh, a few years' time and wondering if uh, having the Hasselhoff is not cool anymore? Or, you know, maybe Chris Moran will be posing the question, um, is the ski <laughs> show Hoffist in years to come? Who knows? Um, next up, you had a chat with Simon Shaw. Um, uh, let's find out what he had to say. That's exactly the first time with Simon Shaw at the London Ski Show. He's here representing the Tournoi de Ski Station. And have you been to a ski show before? I've not. I'm not. I probably should have done uh, since skiing is my new favourite activity. Yeah. Um, I live in France now, so it's very, very easy to get up the slopes. And you, you get to go out to the Alps for the Tournoi. Do you skiing as well? Apart yeah, from that? No, well, all my kids, uh, I've got four kids, they all, they're all avid you know, skiers. They love okay. it. Um, so they, they drag me up there. So that drew you to this uh, event as well? Yeah, then, pretty yeah. well. Serge Betson drew me to the event. Right. They dragged me along kicking and yeah. screaming because at the, the, the time, I didn't know how to ski. Okay. Um, so it was a baptism of. Fire. And have you had a look around the show at all, apart from your demonstration quite, quite earlier? Chance. Yeah, I will. I will be doing um, having a look around because, I, I, as I say, I've, I've only skied in France thus far, and I'd, yep. I'd like to know more about perhaps other yeah. areas of, cool. of the world. Cool. And so the the uh, the Cisnacia, which uh, resort are you uh, playing for then this winter? We don't winter? know. It's picked out the hat. Um, okay. 
And last year? Last year I was, who was I with? I, I represented Val, Val, uh, Val Turin a couple of years. Yeah. Okay, and uh, how did you how did you get uh, on then? We in the final for Val Turin, but uh, alas, yeah. lost. Um, and last year. So it's a fun event, but it's competitive still. Well, it gets gradually more and more competitive as we reach the latter stages. Yeah. So people ultimately yeah. we're all. But it, from from the way you guys were talking about it, it also sounds like a very much a social event as it's well, right? It's a very right? social event. It's yeah. Social, but it does get a bit, a bit cool. Early. Well, have a great time this winter, Simon. <laughs> yeah, we'll do, Thank we'll you. Do. So, Ian, I'm going to plead ignorance here. Um, I could, I could use the internet, but I'm not going to. Who the hell is he? Okay, well, he's a, he an ex-England rugby player, played uh, over 70 times for England. He's a very, very tall man. That makes uh, me I got a crick in my neck holding my uh, phone up to get that uh, interview there. And, and the reason he's there, as were several other um, ex-international players like Ian Bolshaw and uh, Justin Harrison and Serge Betson, who he mentioned, is there is this tournament. It's called the Tournoi de Six Stations. And if you understand uh, French, that's a tournament between the six resorts rather than the six nations. But they hold it at the same time. And they, they basically play these uh, kind of mini rugby matches on snow in all the different resorts. And, you know, it's it's a bit of extra entertainment for uh, people who are in, in resort that week. It's sponsored by Orangina and they give away lots of freebies. And they're really at the show, um, you know, promoting that. So, so that's who he is, and that's why he was there. Um, I, I don't really like rugby, but I do like Orangina. <laughs> so, if it's yeah, on, well, I shall pop it's in, it's in a number of uh, um, French resorts uh, in half term week this year. Wonderful. Let's hear from Emily Sarsfield. So, I'm here with uh, Emily Sarsfield, who's on uh, TV for Ski Across. And what do you think of the, the show this year, Emily? Yeah, it's really good. Obviously, yeah, day one, um, it's great to kind of have the whole of like the British team guys here. Pretty much the majority of us. Um, we're doing like a load of press and stuff. Massive buzz, obviously Olympic year. Yeah. It's so nice to kind of like see obviously all your teammates because you don't get to see yeah. them all. Um, and you're finding a lot, um, a lot more interest in, uh, in yeah. the Alpine events. Yeah, definitely is. This kind of a, this time of the year, every four years we get this kind of like huge, intense kind of like everyone wants to know about what the winter athletes are doing. So, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, ski cross is fun, everyone's yeah. loving that. So. And, and, and I think the key question that everyone really wants to know is is it possible to spell Pyeongchang? <laughs> um, I think I've managed to hashtag it in Twitter enough now okay. that it takes I've up got far it. <laughs> too many characters, doesn't it? It does, it does. Yeah, cool. Well, best of luck for the winter, Emily. Thanks, Thanks very, very much. much. Maybe um, Twitter uh, expanded their characters specifically for the Winter Olympics coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that was uh, exactly what was behind it. Um, it was really interesting to talk to uh, to Emily because uh, she's a ski across athlete and she's going for the Olympics and she got very very close last time for Sochi but didn't actually get to go. You know she crossed all the um, the minimum thresholds but she wasn't she wasn't picked to go out there. So uh, you know she is desperately crossing her fingers. I think she needs to be in the top twenty four in the world. Uh, on the on the initial um, you know threshold she has to cross, and currently she's 18th, so she's in a very good position. And you know now post um, the last Olympics, there's a lot more funding in place. So yeah, hopefully she'll be out there doing the ski across. Emily's story is very interesting. That um, she has been one of the people that's really 
had to fund herself. She's not really benefited for a huge amount of funding for, for quite some time, but she's really pushed herself. So maybe we should get her on the podcast one time. She'd be a very interesting... Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, yeah. Didn't you tweet that more people watched um, snowboarding than alpine events in the, in the, at the last Winter Olympics? Was that my imagination? You are right. I did tweet that recently. I actually picked that up from a, an article written by Ed Lee in one of the magazines. I can't remember which one it was. And he was just talking about how... You know, snowboarding has has kind of become mainstream partly because of the uh, the Winter Olympics made such a significant difference. And, and more people take it up, though, isn't it? Still declining as a, a a hobby. Yeah, I don't know exact participation uh, numbers. I mean, there are many more skiers than than snowboarders, but um, you know, another another good Winter Olympics, and we you know we could see a lot uh, another generation of fridge kids coming through that would be good um next up we've got alan morgan from the ski club of great britain he had um, quite a few interesting things to say i believe and here he is so i'm here with alan morgan from the uh, ski club of great britain what do you think of the show uh, this year alan you know what, I'm really surprised. It's first morning, and normally uh, I'd expect it to be a bit quieter, but yeah. there's, there's a real buzz. Uh, yeah. There's a lot more people walking through the hall, which is fantastic for everybody, you know. Hopefully people are getting really excited about winter. Uh, you know, the, the fact that we've got the likes of David Hassoff in the hall already uh, gives it a bit more excitement. So David Hassoff is a draw then. We were debating this earlier on. Well, that, the stand with him on was very busy, so I'd say yes. Right, OK. Well, I might go and check out the Hoff myself then. Thanks very much, Alan. So, um... We've talked about the Hoff quite a lot, considering this is a ski podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to remember why he's there, though. He is there because he was representing a ski hire company called um, Alpine Resorts, or Resort, possibly, .com. And he's hit their advertising campaign this winter. is all uh, geared around him, uses a hashtag, Summer Sucks. Uh, and, you know, on their stand, they were giving away free T-shirts to everyone. All you had to do was hand over your email address and go on their mailing list to get it. So, you know, from from that point of view, talking about whether or not you're prepared to enter competitions, the Hoff, you know, was a, was a draw from that point of view. I thought it was quite interesting what Alan said there about it being very busy. I mean, you can tell from all of these audios that there are a lot of people around in the background, lots of talking, etc., and certainly every day, you know, there were people queuing up outside, you know, for the show to open. I think the fact it was in half term week made a made a difference. But it, it did get a bit quieter in the in the afternoons um, and going into the evening. It does seem to me um, the last two years I've been there and um, talking to people who've been there this year. It does seem that the move has made a positive impact in people prepared to attend. And they've obviously put a lot more um, hard work into what goes on. Let's um, listen to Cat Weekly from Telegraph Scheme. Just think about the show. So I'm here with Cat uh, Weekly from the Daily Telegraph. And uh, what do you think of the show this year? Well, the show this year is you know, full of excitement for half term. Yeah, because it's uh, you know, time to bring the kids down. We've got uh, yeah, my kids are coming tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We've got the uh, the ice rink there, and well, having all the athletes here showing off their skills before the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them practicing in the jump behind yeah, us at the that's moment. To get everyone excited, isn't it? And, yeah, uh, cool. And and am I right in thinking that they can uh, anyone coming along to the show can get some specific knowledge from you? 
well, yeah, me and uh, Henry and other members of our editorial team on the Telegraph Ski are manning the womaning, in my case, the Travel Genius Bar, so okay. along and ask... Well, what's the most difficult question you've been asked on the, on the uh, Travel well, Genius? It uh, was, where's the cloakroom last year, I okay. think, because uh, I didn't know where it was, but uh, I, there aren't any difficult questions, I don't think, because we can always give some kind of insight, you know, people are saying, well, I'm an in- intermediate skier, I want somewhere that's got apres ski, I want somewhere that's got a huge ski area, I want ski in, ski out, I want, you know, everything. So all the answers here, then? <laughs> all the answers are here. Cool, that's great. Cool, thanks very much, there you go. How, um, how unbiased are they at the Travel Genius Bar? Hey, well, yeah. Cat uh, does work for the organisers of the show, The Telegraph, so therefore um, she probably is slightly biased. But, you know, I, I, I didn't test them with any really testing questions on the Travel Genius Bar, but I think if you were, if you were looking for the answer to, uh, to find the right holiday for, for you, whatever your requirements were, they're, they're pretty well informed. The people working there have been to a lot of ski resorts, um, so I reckon they could, they could answer their questions for you. Brilliant. Let's, um, let's find out what Ed Lee had to say. Um, I'm excited about this one. So um, we've got uh, Ed Lee here. What do you think of the show this year, Ed? Well, it's the first time I've actually been to the show and it's a Battersea Evolution. The okay. last time I was here was 1998, I think, for yeah. Bordex, which was a really... I remember that. Yeah, yeah. very, very different prospect, but it's, I'm really impressed with it. You've got... An incredibly modern structure here, like the light flows in. It's not like uh, Olympia where you get that strip lighting tan after yeah. a couple of hours and you couldn't <laughs> sit there. Uh, and for me, being snowboarding for the last three or four years, there's been a lot of doom and gloom about the cycling down, not just of snowboarding, but of winter sports yeah. as a whole. And you come in here and you can see there's a lot of British brands and there's a lot of really good, yeah. solid European brands. Yeah. So, and, the, and the other thing is, like, later in the day, because it's half-term, there'll be a lot of families in here as well, which I think is, you know, very encouraging for the sport. Yeah, this is this is a great barometer for the health of British snow sports. Yeah. Uh, it's the build-up, and right now I'm really excited. It looks really yeah. good. Cool, that's great. I really love Ed Lee's voice. I could listen to his commentary of uh, the Olympic volleyball alone just to calm me down. Um, but that is just me being a bit weird. <laughs> he, he definitely had some classics in in the Olympic volleyball back in the day. I think I um, I put together a compilation on YouTube somewhere, which you can find. They're very Alan Partridge inspired, aren't they? <laughs> um, it's interesting he's not been since the late 90s. Why do you think that is? Not been to the show since the late 90s, or did he mean he hasn't been to Battersea since the late 90s? No, I think he meant he hadn't been to the ski show since the late 90s, or maybe he meant Battersea. Maybe I need to re-listen to the interview. Yeah, well... Um, I certainly remember never of seeing him there. I mean, he can't... He, I think you might have a point. I mean, he obviously hasn't been to the ski show in the last uh, three years, because that is its third year at, uh, at Battersea itself. Um, I tell you what, he did used to live in New Zealand. He moved to Verbier a couple of years ago. Um, so if he was living in New Zealand, that might explain why he didn't make it along to the ski show. It's fair enough. It is a long way to come um, for that. And I totally agree with his point about um, more youth. We need we need to grow the sport um, for a younger audience. And I think it's something that all the ski companies are starting to work towards and they've realised that slowly, if they don't do something... Um, we're all going to die out and no one will be going skiing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's a maturing uh, uh, audience and, 
yeah, we need to get more uh, more kids uh, involved in the you know endless discussions about the best way of uh, of doing it. But um, I'm pretty sure that you know a f- more than one medal or several medals uh, at the Winter Olympics would help. Right, uh, the last person you spoke to was Jamie Burrows. Um, okay, so I'm here with Jamie Barrow, Britain's fastest snowboarder. Um, what do you think of the uh, ski show this year then, Jamie? I love the ski show. I come here every year. Yeah. And it's an amazing opportunity to go meet all these brands, especially all the new brands yeah. and the existing brands. And everyone to mix along, meet all the people you don't normally see over the Yeah, season. and you get to hear a few uh, stories as well. One of the stories I just heard was you telling me about being in North Korea. Yeah, so uh, I went to North Korea back in uh, February and that was a really interesting trip. Uh, I mean, I don't know how to really describe it. Well, I think you probably won't be able to cover it now, but I think what we're going to do is for a future episode of the Knowledge is Powder Ski podcast, we're going to do a special one dedicated to that because having just chatted to you, it just sounds uh, incredible. Yeah, I could talk forever about, about it. And the yeah, but at the moment, people can find that video on National Geographic. So National Geographic on the website, or just search on YouTube, Jamie Barrow, North Korea, and yeah. it will come up. Okay, well, we'll have a look for uh, that one. Enjoy the rest of the show. Show, Jamie. You too. I enjoyed that interviewing. It felt like you'd finally got the hang of um, interviewing by the end of it then. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was a nice teaser for a future episode there. So, uh, But don't tell us anymore. Yeah, I'm mean, uh, definitely going to do that. Because if you, if you have a look at have you looked at that video yet? No, I will be doing it this afternoon. Once no, well, well, have a look at it. You know, it's, uh, it's very interesting. You know, went over to North Korea um, to this uh, resort, which practically nobody uses and tried it out. But... Um, as we'll discover when we talk to him, you know, every single moment that he was there, he was kind of monitored, and uh, that video was had to be approved by the the North Korean um, authorities. So, uh, you know, what you see in the video is their approved edit. What you'll get when we actually talk to him is is what really happened and what it was really like. Interesting. I'm going to look forward to that. Um, to me, it sounds like the ski show is better than it has been i know it's difficult to get um a really good um opinion of it uh, everyone's very positive about it so i think that is the first time for a while that people have been super positive so it sounds like a good thing to me yep good right let's um crack on um it's time quickly for um grot de Guep, our version of the dragon's den normally we would pitch real right, products yeah. to each other this time we've got two actual inventors that Ian spoke to at the ski show. Um, let's hear from the first one, uh, and he was, is called Tip Tap Touch. I'm here with uh, Hera from Tip Tap Touch, new yeah. product on the market here at the ski show. Uh, tell us a bit about it, Hera. Right, so how it started was I was walking my dog, um, phone rang in my pocket, cold day, had my gloves on. By the time I took my gloves off, I went to my phone, typically missed the call. Yeah. And they get the convenience of taking my glove off. Yeah, I understand that. So went had a look on the market to see if there's anything to help me out of the situation, yeah. which I couldn't find anything without ruining my actual glove, where you can buy a glue or a patch oh, yeah. that sticks on. Okay. Or you could buy a thread to sew onto your yeah. glove. Um generally got expensive gloves which I don't want to ruin. Right. So I developed this which is just a cover for your finger. Goes yeah. over any glove, any size. Yeah. One size fits all, and it works with any touchscreen. Yeah, it's perfect. Device. So you don't need to have a specific glove. You just buy the finger. Yep. You know, roll it on, and it's got something on the end that, uh, that works that allows in you all to conditions. All conditions. Yeah. Whether it's snowing, raining. Yeah, and obviously they're in different colours. 
I can see, and um, how much does it retail for? I'm selling them here for £5 or 3 for 12 Okay, if you come to the uh, show. Yeah. Well, to me, that sounds like a pretty good product. I imagine you'll probably sell quite a lot of them in okay. the next few days. <laughs> cool. Um, I wear mittens. Is that a problem? Yeah, it wouldn't work with mittens at all. He didn't have a mittable compatible one. So is it like a, a finger cover or is it like a yep. thimble? Yep, it's a, it's a, it rolls down the length of the finger. So, you know, rather than buying yourself a specific glove with a, a patch on the end that allows you to work your iPhone or your Samsung or whatever, this is just a single finger that you can slot onto any glove but not a mitten. Um, I don't really... I, I feel a bit Duncan Bannertine about this. I feel that I just you should just enjoy skiing and get off your phone. That's one of the points of going on holiday. Take a break. Yeah, I mean, I guess there there, there is that, the disconnected side of things. But I kind of think this is better value. What the guy needs, though, is um, kind of, you know, he was clearly just uh, starting up. He got the product there, but he needs a bit more uh, marketing and uh, the presentation to make it look a little better and probably maybe a different name. But, um, you know, if you could get distribution, it could possibly work. Okay, so um, he's potentially sold one to you. I'm still not convinced. I might just take my mitten off. Um, at the end of last week's show, Ian was off to meet Graham Bell. Um, he caught up with him. We decided what question we were going to ask him. Ian put it to him. Let's find out what Graham had to say. Okay, so for the Knowledge is Power to Ski podcast, we have a question for Graham, and uh, the question was, if you could only ski one run for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, it would be a cool one somewhere. Uh, if you could guarantee that it was going to refill with snow after I skied it every single day, and every single day it would be fresh powder, uh, then yeah, it would be pistols in, in Val d'Isere. Okay, well I can guarantee the snow in this, in this not really a desert island, desert ski resort scenario, so we'll take that one. Thank you. There you go. Um, just before we get into his response, was he, why was he hoovering at the same time as um, answering <laughs> your question? Uh, I don't know what that sound was. We were at Chelsea in, um, in South West London, so it might have been the uh, slopes going round in the background. Is my that makes answer. a lot more sense. I did wonder, just, maybe you pop round to his house and just call him in between uh, some <laughs> housework. Um, yeah, I think that's a good answer, isn't it? A nice powder-filled cooler. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, any powder-filled uh, destination, some of it gets continually replenished, possibly like Japan, which is what people tell me uh, is is like the whole time. But yes, you know, always looking for for proper powder and powder skiing, and if you could guarantee it, so much the better. Magic, right? I can hear my children coming up the stairs, which is a perfect time for us to stop before I get right. uh, end up in that BBC um, interviewer situation. Yeah. Um, thank you very much, Ian, for um, the reports from the ski show. Here they come. Um, if you want to review us on iTunes, please do, um, and contact us with any feedback. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll even read some of those messages out. Um, you can tweet us at the Ski Podcast or email us on the Ski Podcast dot uh, gmail dot com. Ian, thank you very much. I'll chat to you next time. Yeah, no worries, Jim. All right. Good to speak to Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Take care. See you. Bye. Bye. This was the Knowledge is Powder Ski Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>